Hello, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. The title of today's interview is Productivity in Transition, Amy Larson and Staying Productive from Graduate School to Career. So hopefully you know who I am, but my name is Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with postdoctoral research fellow Amy Larson uh, about some of the tips, tricks, methods, and more that have helped her complete a successful graduate student career and then transitioning into a full-time career as a scientist. You all can't see me using my air quotes, but I'm definitely going to let Amy explain what I mean by scientist. So welcome, Amy. Hey, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Cool. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us for this quick interview. So I'm just going to kind of jump right in. I've uh, got a couple of questions here about your background and experience in terms of uh, your, I guess, exposure and product to productivity. Um, so that people in our audience can understand a little bit about who you are, where you're coming from, and how you can relate to maybe where they are right now. So would you mind just uh, as much or as little as you want to tell us about yourself in terms of your background, education, and maybe uh, just experience as far as um, if somebody said, what do you know about productivity? All right. Um, so I think I'll just jump right to graduate school and yeah. um, start there. So I just got my PhD at Cornell University in biochemistry, molecular, and cell biology, um, but I'm not an expert in all of those things. Um, my uh, thesis research focused on molecular biology, specifically looking at um, how RNA splicing is regulated in cellular yeast and trying to see if we can um, apply that to human biology. Um, so, um, so I did that for seven plus years. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And now I've transitioned to a postdoctoral research um, fellow position at uh, Tufts Medical Center um, slash Tufts Medical School, um, where I've gone from yeast now to working with human samples and doing genomic studies, um, studying cardiovascular diseases. Um, so when you ask me, what do I know about productivity? So mm -hmm. um, being a graduate student, um, yes. you need to be really organized in order to maximize your productivity, mm -hmm. uh, as well as uh, I had many different roles when I was at Cornell. So a lot of, you know, the main role that I had was as a graduate researcher, um, where I sp spent most of my time in the lab, but then I was also really interested in teaching. And so I had many teaching assistantships. I had a teaching fellowship um, through the Center for Learning Excellence. Um, and so all of you know, those different roles, I had to stay organized, stay on top of, you know, my schedule and what I needed to do in order to actually be productive in all three of those roles. Cool. So how, something that has interested me and, and this is, uh, I guess, spans across all fields, but a lot of people come into graduate school and I'll just give a blanket statement that most of them are fairly um, hardworking people. Um, and they've, you know, achieved some degree of success, but then you get to graduate school. And in my mind, that's kind of another, like, definitely a step up, right? You have to be able to take things to the next level. So when you got there, did you feel like you already had the tools you needed to be successful? Or was that something, you, a lot of things you had to pick up on the fly? Um, I think I came into graduate school um, feeling pretty prepared and having those tools. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that just stemmed from when I was an undergrad, um, I was a dual major, uh, and I also worked two to three part-time jobs, you know, each semester. So there was no way that I could be disorganized and still mm -hmm. be successful, um, in my mind anyway. Uh, yeah. So 
Um, I had to, I learned really early on how to be efficient with my time and how to organize um, myself so that way I could get everything done and not let something like fall through the cracks. Um, All right. So I guess that, I'm going to dive into that then. I'll ask you. So you said you you learned how to be organized and efficient. So like, what would you say is maybe then as an undergraduate, what was something you picked up as like, okay, this is what I can do to be or better organized? So at the beginning of every semester, uh, you would get a syllabus that told you all the things that you had mm-hmm. to do during the semester. Um, and I felt that it was to uh, my advantage to sit down those first few days that you got them and write everything down um, that I needed to do for the semester. Um, and what I mean by that is I would get out a calendar and I would write everything onto the calendar. Uh, so, um, and I went to school uh, 2004, you know, before like Google calendars and everything was a thing. So mm-hmm. I had like my planner and I would write everything down. Um, I'm a big fan of writing. Um, and so I wrote everything down into the calendar, into my planner. And so I knew, okay, this week I'd have three exams or I'd have you know a project due or something. So I could see in front of me what I had due when and like, okay, this week is going to be really busy. I need to be prepared before that week comes or different things like that. Um, sure. No, that makes sense. Like looking out on a quarter or I don't know what you were on quarter semester, whatever basis and doing that projection just so you instinctively know, okay, I already now am aware of what's going on. Yeah. And so I just brought that into grad school um, along with making daily to-do lists the night before, like, all right, I need to get this, this, and this done tomorrow if I'm going to be prepared for this test on Friday or whatever. That's cool. So that's something I've personally never done. I've heard a lot of people talk about that. When Have you been doing that for, would you say, a while? Or like, I guess if you know exactly when or where you picked it up of doing that nightly to-do list and like looking ahead? Um, sometime in undergrad, I don't really remember if it was at the beginning because um, it just feels like something that I've always done yeah. <laughs> at this point. But I've just found it really nice to know the night before these are the things that I need to do tomorrow instead of waking up in the morning. And I find it's harder to write out those two to do lists and be as motivated Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I've already laid it out the night before. Like, well, this is what I said I was going to do. So I got to do it. Definitely. And I know for a lot of people too, um, I don't do a nightly thing. I do a kind of an end of day, like mid afternoon thing, but I know for a lot of people, it helps them too to kind of turn down the noise in the head and then not have like the fears of like, you know, laying there at night being like, oh, I've got this one thing and that other thing and the other thing. Since if, if you've already gone through your day the next day, usually you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't usually lay awake at night wondering like, you know, about those things because I've already planned it up that, so I know what's going on. I never thought about it that way, but that is a good point. Yeah, I, I ended up having to do that because I realized I was doing that. And I know several, a lot of other people do that. And you'd end up just like trying halfway working or something. And it's better to just go through and say, okay, what exactly do I need to do today? But anyways, I might have to look at that as like doing kind of a nighttime one, like before I go to bed and just to like get everything off my plate. So anyways, going off on a tangent here for everyone. <laughs> I think it's a really good, uh, really good tool. So, okay. So we talked about being organized. But then I think there's the opposite, not the opposite really, but you have the organization, but then you've got the action part of this, which you mentioned being efficient. So like, what are, what are some ways, especially for yourself coming from the academic background that you're like, okay, here's how I can be more efficient. And I guess, what would that be in? Would it be in writing? Would it be in lab work? Would it be in all of it? Or what do you think? Yeah. So um, I'll start with lab work um, and just thinking about how to be efficient in terms of lab work. So um 
you know, early on in my graduate career, you know, I wasn't used to working in a lab every single day and planning out experiments on my own. So there were some, you know, um, things I needed to learn. And one of those that I found really helped me was planning out my experiments in advance. And what I mean by that is not just like, you know, the daily like little like, oh, I need to like prep this RNA. It's okay, what is the question that I'm trying to ask? What am I, you know, what's the big experiment? And what do I need to do in order to get to that? So if I want to have, you know, question A answered by the end of two weeks, what do I need to have done in the meantime? And so kind of just like map out all of the small little um, experiments that make up the bigger experiment. Um, So that way I'd be like, okay, well, I need this RNA for this experiment. So I need to start growing this culture. And then on this day, I need to prep the RNA and so forth. Um, And so really breaking everything down into these little steps. Um, I didn't see anybody else in my lab do that, but I felt like that was the only way that I could be as efficient as possible was just have everything planned out. So that way you don't get to the day like, all right, I'm going to do this experiment. You're like, oh no, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, less time thinking about it, just do it when it's time. Yeah, Um, because I did that at the beginning or I wouldn't check to see if we had all of the reagents. And when you work in a lab with other people who use the same things you do, (laughs) sometimes you start an experiment and realize you don't have the things you need. So um, gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be kind of a uh, stop to the experiment. So, Uh, all right. Well then I guess we, so we've kind of talked about a little bit of your experiences and and where you've come from. Have you had any formal training or education in terms of productivity, like strategies or time management, or is this pretty much all kind of for lack of a better term on the job? Did you just pick up stuff as you went? Um, I've done, you know, several like leadership trainings or when I was an undergrad, I was a tutor. And so we went through a lot of different workshops. Um, and so I'm sure I've had like, you know, training on mm-hmm. productivity and time management and things like that. Um, but honestly, most of what I do is just things that I've learned that work for me. Definitely. Well, then I guess what is one thing now you you can kind of look at and say maybe it was that, um, well, you can't use this because I'm going to give it to you. But like, let's say you have that nightly review and laying out the checklist or you're doing your your next day review, something like that. Is there something you do now that you wish somebody would have shared with you, you know, way back when, like maybe as a freshman or in high school or something like that? Would you what would you go back to yourself and be like, oh, my gosh, like do this one thing every day? Hmm. I think it would probably be, I mean, that nightly thing is a good one. Uh, yeah, it really is. <laughs> but uh, hmm. we'll come back to it. No biggie. I think yeah. I feel bad. I stole the really good one because I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to look into that. I might end up doing that. So We'll come back. Um, as somebody who has some insights into the academic world, uh, do you think there's something that, say, most graduate students or professors do that that more people should be aware of? Uh, and I just ask this in the sense that a lot of people, myself included, like I did not go to graduate school. I didn't go after a PhD. Uh, and getting to see kind of the inside workings of that through my now wife and obviously knowing you as well. Personally, I get to see some of this stuff. But do you think there's something that's that's good that you pick up in graduate school that other people maybe should know about? Um, if I'm being honest, 
no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good answer. Uh, I would then the follow-on would be, okay, why do you think that's the case? So this is me just observing a lot of other um, scientists, and maybe this is just the field that I'm in, mm-hmm. um, but there are just lots of flavors of, you know, people who are in, you know, getting their PhD and then who go on into academia. You know, I um, have a really organized bench. My lab bench is really organized because I can't stand it being messy because then I can't find anything. And then I feel like I'm spending so much time looking for things. But I've had lab mates who it looks like they just took everything in the lab and threw it (laughs) on the bench. Um, You know, I, some people are really good at answering, responding to emails. Others are not like there's, I would say more academics tend to be more aloof and disorganized. Um, and I was more of the exception. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, no, that that's good. I guess then on the flip side, then, um, do you see something as coming? And I think I could see where this answer could go. But what do you see as coming out of a, a graduate program that maybe is a, something that people should avoid doing that's commonplace? that people should avoid doing? Yeah. Either from the outside, like, hey, here's a bad habit that a lot of graduate students and professors have, or, you know, that just maybe, you know, uh, just that students themselves should avoid. Open-ended question. Um, definitely avoid saving, um, doing things until the last pos- possible minute. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I think graduate students and professors are really bad at doing that, you know, in terms of, you know, grant proposals, um, just waiting until the last minute to get everything done. And that stems from just trying to get as many um, data results as possible to, you know, throw into there in hopes that they'll get more money. Um, But then it it ends up becoming really stressful. Mm -hmm. And you end up spending, you know, most of your day and (laughs) not much sleep uh, working on these things. Um, And I think it's not as productive as it could be. Um, but everybody does it, so I don't know. I guess it works. Yeah, do what you can to not do that. Definitely. So I'll go. I'll keep falling back to the to the daily and nightly planning. I think if you do that, you can save yourself a lot of heartache. So, well, cool. Yeah. On, on uh, a slightly different note, uh, but let's. It sounds like you've got things pretty well under control. I know you personally. You know, you're very good at um, obviously at organization, but. What is something you do when you feel you're starting to feel like overwhelmed or, you know, you're like, man, there's just a lot of stuff going on. I'm, you know, where am I at? I'm feeling a little ungrounded. Like what's your, what do you have a go-to thing? Um, so like I mentioned before, I'm a huge fan of writing things down. Mm-hmm. I know with all of the technology out there nowadays, nobody likes to write things down anymore and it drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when I start to feel like things are spiraling out of control, I'm really overwhelmed with all the things that I have to do. Um, first thing I do is I take a deep breath and then I grab a blank piece of paper, like literally a blank piece of paper with no lines. Um, for some reason, that makes me feel better. And right. I start to write, you know, things down that I need to do. Like, okay, so what is stressing me out? Okay, I have this project due. And I write down all the things that need to be done, including things that I've done. So I can see, okay, I've already accomplished this much and I have this much left to do. And I write it down in very like discrete like steps. So that way I can see like, okay, I can start to check these things off. And then that makes me feel better instead of just thinking about, I have this big thing to do. Yeah. 
Definitely. That makes sense. Yeah. Breaking it down and making it actionable, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I do that for all of the things that are stressing me out. If I have two or three projects that are going on and, you know, things that are just due all at once, like, okay, just write them out individually as their separate projects and then go back to looking at my calendar and be like, okay, well, this one is due here. So I need to get this part done first. And then just kind of like prioritizing, mm -hmm. um, being organized and like having things, things really well planned out is what helps me de-stress. No, that doesn't work for everybody, but just that works for no, me. <laughs> I, I understand what you mean by that. And I think if even on the flip side, you have people who maybe to them that doesn't work the same way, but having that organization will keep them from being stressed. So even if it's not your de-stressor, right? So cool, we got uh, time for just a couple more questions. So I've got a couple for you. Um, this one's open-ended. It doesn't have to be about productivity, uh, but what have you read that you think I should read? Or I'll open that up to watch. It could be a video, could be a book, anything. Um, does this need to be about productivity? Doesn't have to be, no. It could be a funny cat video, uh, totally up to you. Um, yeah, so I am really into education and <laughs> thinking about ways that we can um, improve our education, whether at um, the high school level or you know, at the undergrad level, you know, specifically looking at STEM education. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I listened to a really good TED uh, podcast uh, recently. Um, and the name is Escaping Me. Gotcha. No problem. I can look it up afterwards and add it in there. But if, yeah, if you want to send it to me after the show and I'll share it with people too. Okay. Yeah. Um, awesome. But it was really just fascinating to me just listening to this one teacher talking about how he kind of like anthropomorphizes um, his science classes. <laughs> and yeah, and I find myself doing that a lot when I'm teaching. And, you know, he just talked about how it gets, you know, students more engaged instead of just, you know, standing up there and listing off all these facts that have like been figured out, um, you know, kind of making it more of a story and just trying to get students more engaged um, as well as, uh, in this podcast as well, there was, you know, just looking at um, online um, education, specifically, you know, uh, things like Khan Academy and how those have like really helped um, shape um, education and how they're good at disseminating knowledge. And so in the classroom, as teachers and educators, we can do a whole lot more um, in getting the students engaged with the material and we don't have to rely on giving them facts. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think a lot of people should, you know, listen to it and think about it in ways that we can help um, educate our society better so that people know more about science. Definitely. No, I think that's a great one. And if not from an altruistic standpoint, then just so that you can understand yourself better or maybe how to uh, learn things better. I always look for the selfish benefit first because I was like, you know what? Sometimes I'm not feeling <laughs> like I want to help everyone else. So got to think of myself and then think, you know, if I apply that outwardly, maybe it'll end up helping other people. So there's a little scary insights into Adam's head. So. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, before we uh, wind things up here, too, um, what projects do you have planned for the future? Um, I know of a, a couple, I think, but do you have anything you want to share with people? Is there anything you know you're uh, doing? Doesn't have to be productivity, science, or it could be anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, I already talked about my postdoc uh, research a little bit. So, I mean, that's kind of the number one project I have going on right now um, in my life, just because I just started that um, two months ago. Um, but 
at the same time, you know, mulling around in the back of my brain, um, I've been thinking about starting my own YouTube channel, uh, looking at what we just talked about, um, science education and trying to, and I don't really know like the scope of what I want to do yet. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm still like in the brainstorming phase, but I think it'd be really interesting to try to take, um, you know, some concepts from molecular biology and genetics, um, and either gear them towards, um, the undergrad, um, population and just helping them with their studies, but also, um, for like the broader like community and just explaining more about, you know, how these scientific concepts work and then how those actually apply to your life. Uh, you know, I think a lot, there's been a lot of genetic and uh, information coming out, uh, people getting their genome sequenced. And what I mean by that is, you know, submitting their um, uh, cheek swabs to companies like 23andMe and getting back all of this um, information from these uh, gene panels and then not really knowing how to interpret that or what that means. So I think it'd be interesting to just try to like do some like science education. Um, definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that. It sounds super interesting to me. And um, I think that'd be a good reason to have you back is to talk about doing that. Cause I think that'd be interesting for you. Cause I may be wrong actually, but I think this would be something fairly new for you, right? I mean, if it involved teaching, which is new but the kind of online element of it would be new, right? Yeah, the online element would be completely new. Um, making a YouTube video. I've never done that before. So it'd be a lot of like learning and figuring out like how to do that. Or, like, you know, how to get like a online like chalkboard so I can like write onto the screen and just, awesome. yeah. We'll Lots talk. of checklists in the future. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. But hey, Amy, I want to say thanks again for a, a great interview. I know people listening to this going to get a lot of value out of this. It's I think it's interesting myself. Um, I'm not in grad school. I don't plan on going, but I think there's a lot of people who can, you know, look at this who either will be students, were students, or are just thinking about, you know, things that they can use, especially um, as they're transitioning. And I think that would really help people out. So uh, again, I'm Adam Moody, and I invite you to check out productivity.academy for more information about productivity and time management. That's going to do it for today, but thank you for listening. I'm Adam Moody with the Productivity Academy, and thanks again for joining us on the Real World Productivity Podcast. I'd like to invite you to check out www.productivity.academy today for more information on how you can better manage your time, become more productive, and just get more effective doing the things that you want to do and achieving the goals that you want. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next podcast.